Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into Hour 2 of The Drive. How you doing? Brad Fanning, Jay Binkley in for CDOT today. Nick the Quick, pushing buttons and stuff. Hey, Nick, what was the pop quiz? Pineapple Express. You know, I've never seen that movie. It's amazing. Never one s- of like, uh, I think it's like one of two or three movies that Seth Rogen's actually wrote the whole thing. Yeah. It's hilarious. I, I think he's funny as heck. I've got, I actually have the movie on DVD and it's still in the wrapper. Go watch it tonight. Okay, I'll do it. Jay Binkley in for Carrington Harrison today. I'm back after what feels like maternity leave. Been so long. And we are now joined in studio. You didn't lose any of that belly fat. You look in the mirror yet there, Tubby? <laughs> You're still four foot six. So I'm five, six. I can always lose weight. You can't gain height. Well, that's a good point. Pete Sweeney, Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride are in studio with us. Guys, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy Doing New Year. great. Happy New Year to both of you as well. You guys is uncomfortable, anxious, weird about this football game we're going to be having a week from Saturday over at One Arrowhead Drive? No, I'm totally relaxed this week. This You're is such the, a liar. Th- this is the best week because you can actually sit down and I enjoy agree. the games and watch them. I'm Your not. team having a first-round bye doesn't happen very often. Uh, so I'm excited to actually watch games this weekend and not have to – be glancing, you know, so you're, at, so you're, at work. So you're basically in denial, then. You're just like you're you're not you're blocking out the Chiefs part of this thing. Joe, and, and, I'm a little nervous, but you, I, I think good. you picked the perfect year and like the worst year to to step back because I think it's been the busiest because of how good they have been. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm ready for a, a week of a weekend of yeah. break as yeah. a writer. But it's going to be awesome once once. I think that you know who that you're playing and, and you know who to be afraid of. That's when I think the fear will start to set in a little yeah, bit. I mean, you basically have the boogeyman and the Colts as a possibility, correct? Right. Or you've got a team that beat you here or a team that should have beat you here. Yep. In the Ravens. So, yeah, I don't feel real good about it. There's no obvious team that you really want to play. I don't think, like, I feel like the Colts, Chargers, Ravens all kind of feel about the same. Like, yeah, the Chiefs are better than them, but, like, would I put a few hundred bucks on the game? Probably not, yeah. you know? Well, the thing about it is, it's also a week weekend of scouting, Joel and Pete. It's watching right. to see the Chiefs' next opponent and see the matchup. Binkley, I feel like Binkley's like teaching you and lecturing. No, no, I just I just enjoy it. Now, do you take anything away from the way the defense played? No defensive penalties. They got the two picks no. off of Derek Carr hadn't phoned one in ten weeks. No, see, I take something away from it, and I know the Raiders aren't the best team in the world. It's true. But John Gruden was citing last week about a ninety-nine team. Ended up playing on, what, January 2nd of 2000. The Chiefs could have made the playoffs had they won that game because Seattle had lost that day. Right. They would have had a home playoff game. Chiefs built a 17 to nothing lead and lost. And Gruden was selling all week about what this week would mean, you know, going forward for the Raiders in the future. The fact that they could, uh, you know, have a quality road win and, and be able to build on this in the future. So 
It's not like the Raiders rolled over and played dead. I didn't think. I thought they thought. I don't know. <laughs> they looked they, pretty bad. They could, you know, have, they, they could have gone. They could have gone from fourth to ninth. They could have had about. Position. They could have had about four interceptions in that game too. They did. Yeah, I, it's it's hard to take much out of it just because the way they they spanked them so bad, and the Chiefs have played well like all season. Like if you're a team like like last week, Dak Prescott, uh, Prescott and the Cowboys threw for three hundred something yards, four touchdowns. Like I feel like that's 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 a pretty good week seventeen that you can take that momentum in uh, to the next week, but. Chiefs, I don't know. I'm not sure that there's much to learn about. Raiders were a dead it's team. Well, it's, it's better than giving up 33 points like they did December 2nd. I mean, true, it true. It's Three points it's, is better it's than better 33. It's better than kicking the gut, too. Man. No, I, I think here's the thing. The 2006 Colts defense was so pathetic. It was so bad. That yeah. was going to be the thing that held them back. They were the worst team in, in runs defense. Larry Johnson and the Chiefs were going to beat them. 32 yards for Larry Johnson that day on 14 carries. They shut him down, and that defense really carried Colts, Peyton Manning wasn't exceptional that year in the postseason, but that defense for the Colts got good. I guess I'm hoping the Chiefs catch lightning in the bottle oh, like the 2006 Colts. There's two sides of it for me. I'm On one side of it, you're, you can only play who's on your schedule. They looked as good as they could against the opponent that right. year, Week 17. Sure. Granted, I would have liked it to be a quarterback that maybe was a little bit better than Derek Carr. I understand he hadn't thrown an interception in 10 games. The Chiefs got two. That being said, I worry about this team against a quarterback that can kind of go toe-for-toe with Pat Mahomes. That certainly isn't Derek Carr. No, I mean, it's it's Phillip Rivers is who it is. And all the, Andrew Luck. Or Andrew Luck or yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what worries me a little bit. In hindsight, was it good for the Chiefs, I guess, to lose the Seahawks that they had to play their starters? Oh. So their starters weren't sitting out. I know it's Cause they the been losses out for three that were weeks. good. But, you know, sitting down for a couple of weeks, you know, Mahomes got in there and got, got the record. He wouldn't have got that. Uh, he wouldn't have got the 5,050 touchdowns had the Seahawks beat him. And I guess it's okay to say now because they beat the Raiders and they locked up the AFC West. And they didn't get anybody major hurt. Dana Hughes said that on the show, too. I had him on last week, and he's like, you know what? It's not the end of the world because they have to play their starters. You know, they have to go out and play these guys. They can accumulate all these records, which really mean nothing if you don't win in the postseason. But... I guess in hindsight, they starters did play, so that was good, and nobody really got hurt. And it feels so hard to figure out exactly what momentum is in the NFL. Like if you like, I've seen the Chiefs look terrific one week, and you know, not as great the next week. So I don't know if momentum's like necessarily a real thing. And I think already having the bye coming up kind of negates anything, um, you know, that you really would have gotten out of that game. Well, we're talking to the Arrowhead Pride guys, Joel Thorman, Pete Sweeney in studio. Pete, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel better about this. And you and I were texting about this earlier today. Um, the difference in the feeling between a Mahomes playoff-bound team and an Alex Smith playoff-bound team. If this is an Alex Smith playoff-bound team, first off, they wouldn't have a bye week. You know, they'd probably be on the road somewhere. <laughs> Wait, didn't they'd, they a couple of weeks ago or yeah. a couple of years ago? They had a one again. Yeah, that was the Steelers. Yeah. They yeah. would have had an extra loss. Probably. But, I mean, it, it does, like, I, you know, I, I am concerned about it because I don't feel like this defense is going to be good enough to get us where we want to go, especially with the offense that we have. But it does feel, I do feel better with Mahomes as the quarterback than I did with Alex Smith. And I, maybe that's obvious, but I mean, I have a, a little bit more hope. But I got to be honest with you, not Where's much. Where's the breaking news sounder? Uh, not, uh, not much. <laughs> not much because of the defense. You have to you have to have more confidence given it's Patrick Mahomes. It's completely different when you have him because he's among the elite uh, quarterbacks. I mean, you see a little bit in the NBA, I think sometimes in football when you think of Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers is that you can kind of put the team on your back if you're an elite quarterback. I look at this AFC uh, you know, playoff tournament, and what worries me, I think, more than anything is I just think it, all the teams you can, you can make a case have a, a big weakness. They have mm-hmm. their strength. It's pretty even. Like You can make a case for any of the teams coming out where I think in the NFC you look at the Rams, the Saints, and the Bears, yeah. I think they're pretty good bets. You know, AFC, you take your pick. You, you can make the case. 
I like having Mahomes because I think in in a in a in a situation like this where the teams are so evenly matched, you want to have an elite quarterback. Um, and if you don't, like I'm looking at you, Baltimore Ravens, even though mm-hmm. they have the top defense, I don't I don't think they advance here. They don't have the quarterback. I'm already penciling the Saints in the Super Bowl because Drew Brees is amazing in domes. Yeah, guys, only get the only is 11 touchdowns on the road. To Mahomes, 31. Do you know that Drew Brees is only thrown for 300 yards once on the road? And, and that was in Atlanta in a dome. And, and, and just dome, dome, dome for the Saints to get to the Super Bowl. Dome, dome, and then the Super Bowl's in a dome. I'm just looking at this going, penciling you know, them in. I think the AFC is so much more wide open than the NFC. And Brees, Brees has those down games that Mahomes doesn't. Like, if the Chiefs yeah. are going to lose in a couple of weeks, they're going to lose 35-30. to 30. Like, there's not going to be mm-hmm. another Steelers game where it's like 18-16 or 18-15, whatever mm-hmm. that score was uh, a few years ago. So I, right. I I take some solace going into this going like, okay, like, I know they're putting up 28-30 points at least, like, even on a bad day. Right. And again, it, it, you just never know what Patrick Mahomes like someone the other day at the press conference asked, well, what do you tell Patrick Mahomes given it's it's his first ever career playoff game? And Andy reads, I don't, I'm not really worried about that. I think, you know, he'll be ready to go because he now has had a year to sit. He's seen a playoff game last year. He didn't play, but he's seen one. He's had a 16 games. They're treating it like every other week. Like Andy Reid is Mr. Routine. Or again, they're treating it like every other week. They said they're going to work out at the beginning of this week, and then the guys are going to get the weekend off, and they come back, and it's just like a regular game week. So the more I think regular you can keep it, it's a home game. Win your home game, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're here, here in the mix. We're talking to Pete Sweeney and Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride. They're in the 3 o'clock hour here in studio at 610 Sports Radio. Um, yeah, I am worried about Mahomes at least a little bit in the beginning because I think we've seen him come out in bigger games, whether it's a primetime game you know, the, the the first time that he's experienced something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he was a little bit amped up in that in that Patriots game. You know, up there, missed Kareem, you know, on that wide open stuff. A little bit, But he gets it. I, I think he'll have a good overall performance in the playoff game. But the first experience that he has, he, sometimes he's a little off. I mean, I think that's fair. And, and even on those, even on the big games, like I like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Even on the Rams game, I feel like they started a little slow considering sure. how, it, how it turned out. But... On those games, yeah, at, at the end and of the I think day. That's you scored, too. I'm not bagging on for him. Right. He's a young kid, man. He's never been in a playoff game before. He still scored 40 against the Patriots, yeah. 51 against uh, against the Rams. Yeah, and so keep like, in he, mind, Belichick had three extra days to prepare because they'd played on Thursday night the week before. I felt like he threw the kitchen sink at Pat Mahomes in the first half. Obviously, at Dante Hightower interception confused him. I think those three extra days, that was Mahomes going against the greatest they, kind of defensive screw mind, with yeah. you genius mm-hmm. in the NFL in the second half he made the adjustments and I'd really like that might be my favorite Mahomes game they they brought all different kinds if you heard the the coaching staff talk after that they that was the first time Mahomes saw different schemes different like blitzing packages and they were really you know that was his almost welcome to the pro game he didn't come out with the victory but again because of the defense but to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady I thought was a win and a lot of people forget about this because people say oh Mahomes uh, isn't that great in prime time the Bengals game at home was a prime time game sure. it, it's not the prime time games it's these other teams that are really good in the nfl he hasn't been victorious yet but you know what he's gone through that experience and listen playoff start you're zero and zero it's it's new life so i I don't think you take from what you have from the regular season and say oh he won't be able to do it now in the postseason under the lights well here's the thing too and and this is a a a tweet from field yates from espn i thought this was really put things in perspective because i've heard the well you know the offense had a chance to put it away against the chargers you know and got a three and out well okay but they also scored a ton of points, too. He had a 14-point lead three times in a row. So there's a guy on, on Twitter, he said, two and four against playoff teams is why Mahomes won't win the MVP. Well, you're, you're wrong. He's going to win the MVP. But I thought Field Yates' response was really good. 
in the Chiefs' four losses, threw for almost 337 yards, um, almost four touchdowns, and the Chiefs average almost 38 points a game. I'm sorry, it's not your quarterback's fault. And three you, of those three of those losses, Patriots, Rams, mm-hmm. and uh, who am I forgetting? The Seahawks sure. yeah. on the road. Pretty big difference. Like their home road yeah. splits on uh, defense is significant. On like the road in playoff teams. Points. The Bears lost to the Packers, not a playoff team. The Bears lost to the Dolphins, not a playoff team. They just lose to the Giants towards the end of the year. Not a playoff team, but all of a sudden the Bears are a sexier team. Patrick's not losing to non-playoff teams. It's they, not Mahomes, though, man. It's the defense. This is... All you have to say when it comes to the MVP race, unreal that still nationally sure. it's a discussion. Maybe it's just filler. 50 and 5,000. <laughs> How are you going to argue yeah, that that person shouldn't get the MVP? Yeah, there's not a, there's not an argument. He's also the only quarterback to do it in 5,000 in college and the pros. Yeah, yeah that's insane. His numbers from college uh, to the pros not, were remarkably yeah. similar. I could not believe that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to these guys about what the best playoff matchup would be for the Chiefs in the division around here in Kansas City week from Saturday. Stay with us. The Drive, presented by Tecate. Welcome back into The Drive. Second segment for Arrowhead Pride Roundtable with Joel Thorman, the blog father. Pete Sweeney. We call him two things around here. Blog boy <laughs> or sweet peeny. Sweet Peenies. I have never heard that. You've never heard Sweet Peenie? And we do not call him that. <laughs> I call him Sweet Peenie all the Jeff. time. I called him the next Ian Rapp. Was that? Was that? Uh, I discovered Pete, and my old boss thinks he did. <laughs> the old boss. Let the boss keep thinking that, man. Pete's not going to come back here anymore after this. Pete's the one that told me that was that's what people used to call him, right? <laughs> Growing up, yeah, on the on the b-ball court, they yeah. go. Pete sweet, is on 16 Sports Pini. Radio more than the traffic report. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Who do you guys want to see in the playoffs? In the division, right? man, flip a coin. Uh, I guess I'll start with I'd like to see. I'll I'll rank by who I want to see the Ravens first. Because uh, of the quarterback, yeah. Because I just yeah the the quarterback mostly. Uh, Chargers, and then Colts. And my basically my reasoning there is uh, I don't want to get in a shootout. I think that's shown how you beat the Chiefs. You beat them forty five forty. Um, and I think uh, Andrew Luck is the one most capable of doing that and getting on some insane hot streak. And yes, I've got s- some bad memories uh, of Me those too. of those Colts um, a few years ago. So yeah, I'd go Ravens. I want to see first, and Chargers and Colts. And Ballard's there, and two Knows offensive your team. two offensive linemen started for them last week. Evan Bain, Lisa Moest, Braden Smith, the latest out. They have this local thing going. But it is the Colts, and they're a top 10 defense scoring defense and top five scoring offense, so they're a pretty balanced team. A lot more balanced than the one and five team that they started out. Remember this team, one and yeah, five, and they've showed a lot of resiliency coming back. They're much better than the sixth seed, it mm-hmm. seems like. Yeah, one and five. I can't believe it was that bad to start with. I think that this is tough because, it, like I was saying before, they are all close. It almost is like it really doesn't matter because I think each opponent is going to be tough, but I think if you had to pick, I like – the Chiefs' chances are kind of opposite Joel. And, again, that's to show how, I think, even these teams are. I think you want to see maybe the Colts first. I, I think about the fact that the Colts haven't seen, the Colts' defense I'm talking about, not Andrew Luck, hasn't seen Patrick Mahomes. I think you have a little bit of an advantage if you are a team that either beat you uh, if you're Patrick Mahomes or should have. If you think about that Ravens game, there were two fourth downs, fourth and nine, and yeah. fourth and three, where the Ravens pretty much should have won that game. So oh. they, they Ravens are, definitely should have won that. There's game. already right. some. There's already some belief in the LA locker room and Baltimore that they could come in and, and win the game. Whereas the Colts, 
defense, yeah, you can watch on film, but once you get Patrick Mahomes on the field, that's a whole other story. And, and I just like that first time having to deal with really this wonder kid, the MVP of the National Party. It's a great point. That's actually a great point that you make about not seeing Mahomes yet. The Ravens, they had the ball 10 minutes and 36 seconds in the third quarter. I mean, they played ball control game, and they kept Mahomes over on the sideline. The Chargers one time of possession, too, and Anthony Lynn said uh, the week before the game, he was talking about the Ravens game. Someone asked him a question. says, yeah, I watched it, and you use your offense for your defense. And I was kind of like, okay, he gets it. This is this is, this is is how you beat the Chiefs. You keep Mahomes on the sideline. It would be kind of poetic if the Chiefs had to go and, and beat Indy and beat New England to finally get over, you know, two big humps here. I mean, that, that's where I was going to go. That's right. why I want the Colts. I want to slay the dragon, man. Give me the boogeyman. You know, I want to I get that out of the way. I'm, I'm not kidding. And I know this Colts team, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> my bad. I had a candy bar. like uh, I got like a peanut like stuck in the back of Didn't my Didn't you give me crap about doing that? No, I know. But I went like, full disclosure, in the commercial break, I'm like, man, I need I need a snack. So I just rocked a. You're not you and you're, you're uh, hungry. I know. Right? I, I rocked a Snickers and I thought I got all that. Like, little, there's a little tiny piece of peanut back there. Anyway, I just. Uh, See, now, you guys make, now I got the full disclosure for sure. Well, I mean, I just want you know, I just want people to know what the hell's going on around here. I mean, that's what goes on, and you know, you got to eat fast, got to drink fast. The commercial break. Um, yeah, I just want I want the Colts, man. I want and because I think the Chiefs can beat them first and foremost, and I think they can beat them in Kansas City. But I want just to let's get. I mean, let's get these guys out of our head, man. Let's get the Colts out of our heads, out of our collective fan base heads. I mean, four times, <laughs> four times the Colts have ruined our world. That's why I want the Colts. In recent years, too. the Totally Chiefs, selfish, by the way. Even, even before Mahomes, I think the Chiefs have started to check off these things. Like, for years, yeah. it was the AFC West. Now, the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC West. Yeah. It was winning at Heinz the Broncos, Field. They've too. won now at Heinz Field. And they're beating the Broncos. Get right. over that hump. Bronco, yeah, beating the Broncos. You know, and so that, I think, beating the Colts in a big spot, especially against Andrew Luck. We all know what happened the last time, like, I think getting over that mentally for the fan base, I think more so even the players on the team would be just a boost and as he, you as you go through. And this. if the Colts win, it also gets the Sean Watson out of here, a guy that well, went over yeah. four thousand yards and had over five hundred yards rushing, gets him out of the postseason. So you'd, you'd be most afraid of uh, Texans and Deshaun Watson out of out of the other teams. Yeah, I think Watson can do a little Russell Besides Wilson type stuff. He can he can turn that third and five into a first down. Take that third and nine into a first down by scrambling. That that part scares me. Lamar Jackson can do that, too, but I'm not worried about him back there throwing. And Watson, I would be throwing. Now, if I was a Bills fan, I'd be throwing up because they had a chance to get Watson in Mahomes. Here's the thing, though. Back to what I was saying, I wanted to finish this. Like, even though, even when the Royals won uh, or clinched a playoff spot back in 2014, right? And what happened over the previous 30 years had nothing to do with Gerard Dyson and Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakis. But you know what? They heard about it. They all knew about it. They all knew about the history about how hard it was, and they never got back here, and they never did this. You cannot tell me that even though some, uh, the majority of those guys in that locker room had nothing to do with that last Colts loss, you cannot tell me that the people in that these current players don't fully understand that this team has not won a playoff game here since Joe Montana was here, and the Colts have ripped our souls out. You know, for four times, dating all the way back to what, 1995? January 96, man. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, so because (laughs) they'll know it. They'll know it, and they'll feel it because the city will completely feel it. I think there is an aspect of that for sure, but Patrick Mahomes saying the other day, this is a whole new generation, I I thought spoke spoke volumes. And he's right. He's right, but, but they know. They know that they have it's more of a fan base thing than a team. Yeah, I know, but, but, but what I'm saying is I think the team feels it because the Royals felt it. 
It's the well, we don't think about it. That had nothing to do with us. What happened in 1994? And then the first thing they say after they you know clinch at Chicago and beat the White Sox, man, 30 years, get that monkey off her. They know. Do you think this? All, it's just like Philip Rivers was denying the streak, right. losing nine in a row to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then when he won on the field after the game, I was trying to act like it wasn't a streak, but I knew it was a streak. You know what I mean? So that's why I think it'd be good just to, to kill the boogeyman, slay the dragon. Do you th- Can you see Andy Reid bringing up Joe Montana uh, and how long it's been since the Chiefs won a home playoff game in this locker room? I can't see him doing Not that. at all. No, Not but, at all. Like I, like, I think you're right that some of them will know, yeah. um, especially guys like Mahomes, who's some kind of been tuned with the Dustin city. Dustin Colquitt. Oh, yeah, he'll know. I mean, he was here in 95, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. I think, well, yeah. When was he drafted? 1990? No, he was drafted in uh, 06. Banning so he was here for the second Colts I think he was game. drafted in, in 86, wasn't Banning he? is still bitter about Super Bowl One. He can't get that out of his mind with the Packers. <laughs> I do want to ask you guys this question because this gets brought up to me a lot and argued about it. What would, what would deem this season a success? If we're sitting here after the season looking forward to the offseason <clears> – <throat> Is it Super Bowl or bust? Because we do ask Rich Gannon this question coming up at 4.30. Is it getting to the AFC title game, something they hadn't done since Joe Montana? A chance for the Lamar Hunt trophy actually to go to Clark Hunt instead of Bill Belichick every year. What would be a success? Because we've all had to kind of, you know, change our expectations. We have a 5,000-yard passer, 50 touchdowns. Tyree Kill sets a receiving record for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey sets a reception record for the Chiefs. We've seen some historic things for this team. The defense could hold them back, but Pete, what would be a success for this team and a failure? I think at this stage you got to win that first game. If you can get to the AFC title game, I mean they haven't done that since Andy Reid has gotten here. I think finally you approach that stuff, and you have now this quarterback for the next fifteen years, something to build upon. I also think to the AFC title game, and say you do lose this game, and it's because of this crazy shootout where, like on a Monday night, you lose 54-51, to that is going to be a bad taste. If you get to the AFC title game, you play your heart out, you flat out get beat by the better team, I think that's one thing. It's going to change a lot of people's mind, and a lot of people are going to be looking at the front office if they lose another game where it's in the 50s and the defense just couldn't get one stop. Yeah. Sitting here right now with with the with the future MVP, I should say the Super Bowl because uh, that's you're the number one seed that that should be the target. And the last five number one seeds have gone to the Super right, Bowl, right? So, um, and I think that's totally defensible. If I sit here with the benefit of uh, some perspective about the Chiefs franchise, where they've been, haven't been, as Pete said, to the AFC Championship game since Jim Kelly and Don Beebe and Cornelius Bennett oh, wow. uh, were playing um, <laughs> in '93. Oh, yeah. uh, just getting to the AFC title game, um, I feel like would be uh, okay. Um, I feel like that would be uh, a a sign of success uh, for this season. It's a step further than where you've been. Um, it's Mahomes' first year starting, so you're looking at this as the first of many AFC Championship games. It's not like um, you know the Alex Smith year. We're like, okay, this is our one best shot, and like we're not going to get another one. Um, so if they get to the AFC title game and have a good showing, I think you're looking at it like the future is bright now. But of course, number one seed MVP. Any, well, it's taking any steps. other rational national person says it's yeah. Super Bowl or bust. It's yeah. taking steps like Favre did with the Packers. Yeah, I just I, I'm going to be pissed if they waste this offense and don't get to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what really what it comes down to to me because part of me will be really happy because we have an AFC title game in Kansas City for the first time in the history of Arrowhead and we get to see that. But to waste this type of offense and not get there would just make me want to throw a trash can through a window. When we come back, uh, one of the guys that's the architect of that great offense. Drawing a lot of interest around the NFL. We're going to ask the guys about Eric Bieniemy when we come back. The Drive, presented by Tecate. Welcome back into The Drive. Happy Hump Day. Happy New Year. 
I'm back. Brad Fanning here alongside Jay Binkley. He's filling in for CDOT today. CDOT was in here a little under the weather today. Um, I think he's going to the dock, maybe. I'm not sure. Hopefully he'll be out tomorrow. If not, he'll be back on Friday. We're also joined in studio by our Arrowhead Pride guys. It's the Arrowhead Pride Roundtable each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4. We've got Joel Thorman and, and Pete Sweeney. Fellas, good to have you in, man. And as I said before. Always a party in here. Yeah, it is a party in here, even with Binkley in. And his five rock stars and his six Nazas and his can of chew and his spitter. <laughs> At least I don't have a peanut stuck in the back of my throat. I know. Boy, that was bad, man, with that, with that Snickers that I had. Um, all right, so Eric the Enemy t- is really interesting to me. So he's got four interviews lined up for head coaching jobs, Chiefs offensive coordinator. The Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins, the Bengals. And to tell you how much of a mess the Cardinals are, uh, are he, he declined that interview. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? You, why would you go if you had multiple offers at this point? They gave yeah. Steve Wilkes one year. Why would you ever even try to go there? Yeah. Well, I mean, why but it's you, still one of thirty-two jobs in yeah. the league. I would take. Well, I wouldn't. I I Phoenix is a lovely place. I don't think I'd touch the Bengals job either. To be honest with you, if no. you turn, oh, that's job security like crazy. Well, Marvin Lewis held yeah, on maybe. that thing forever. If you turn all these down, you can hang with Andy Reid for another for for another year and yeah. keep waiting. The, I think the, that's like the real benefit the, of, the, of yeah, being in that position. The guys that have that have been in the league and really start to have options because of success will wait for the job. I mean, I heard some things where Chris Ballard had turned down jobs just because he wanted the right situation. Sure. So, I mean, you, you, if you go in it, you only might get one crack at this. So you want to you want to make the most of it. You have to be careful, it. though. Brent Venables, defensive coordinator at Clemson, you know, he passed up so many opportunities to be right. a head, head coach. He's not a head coach now. I mean, he's got to be yeah. Yeah, but your star is not gonna not gonna go down under Andy Reid. No, it's, not as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, like it'll it'll keep going up. This 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 path has been so well worn that it's obvious. Well, you especially know, and, this and, and, way, and, and, Andy's calling the plays. I mean, he's being him, he's gravy training free here. The other ones at least called plays. I mean, Nagy in uh, in Peterson have both been under that tree, and sure. they both had success. Like it's just it's one of those things. There's not that many qualified uh, head coaching candidates, I think, and so you look at. You just you you go to the Patriots assistants. You go to Andy Reid's guy. Like that's just yeah. what you do. I mean, I'd rather go to the Chiefs assistants and Andy Reid's assistants before we go to the Patriots. Twenty five percent of the league is Andy Reid or his assistants. Yeah. Right. I, I'm I'm curious is and we asked Rich Gannon about this and he'll talk about it uh, coming up at four thirty today. But this can be somewhat of a distraction. I don't think it's going to be a huge distraction. I think it helps that the Chiefs have a bye week. But if you got your offensive coordinator and a guy that. Based on everything that I've read about Eric Be- or Eric Bieniemy, excuse me, um, guys seem to really like and really respect. And you've got that guy interviewing for jobs, and you're getting ready to play a playoff game. Pete, you, you think that's is that an issue? I mean, you've been in that building. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think Andy Reid keeps it so that these guys, you know, they they can split focus enough where he. I mean, you look at the guys that have gotten jobs in the past. I mean, I know Dave Tobe's been on a bunch of interviews, but Matt Nagy got a gig. Yeah. Doug Peterson got a, di- a gig, and they were in the playoff mix at, at that point. I understand the playoffs didn't work out necessarily. Yeah, any playoff I, games? Any of I don't. Yeah. I don't think you know just because Bien- he's, he's going to lose focus by any sure. means. And it's a little bit different, I think, in Bienemy's case because I don't. I don't. From what you hear and the rumblings and so on and so forth, I don't think he's as involved as the play calling as those other guys were to yeah. me. So. Even so, they've seen two of these three opponents as it is. I, I, I'm okay right now, I think, with the enemy just taking these offers. And you, you mentioned how well-liked and how well-respected he was. Yeah. I think like at, at that level, they want to see him get a job. They want to see yeah. him make a few million bucks yeah. a year, so they're happy for him. I don't think there's any Mm-mm. any uh, any you know bad feelings or anything like that if, if uh, he ended up getting a job. And, you know, I, I just... It happens every year. If you're an Andy Reid coach team, you're going to have one of those assistants interviewing someplace. I saw something, too, that I believe if you're getting interviewed and your team is still alive, it has to happen in your city 
so that yeah, the Jets said they came here. Yeah. Oh, so, got it. So they have to come. They have to come here to, yeah. to interview the candidate. Bears did with Nagy too. And the one thing yeah. about it is, Reed's got a rule: you don't hire my assistants. He made that clear to Doug Peterson. You don't take anybody yeah. I have. At me, least the guys he really he really likes. I mean, me yeah. personally, I think you could take the you could take the scrubs. Take the scrubs. I, I think Dave Tobe would be such a bigger loss than Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Dave Tobe. You think not so much this year, but I think he's been responsible for one or two wins a year with the Chiefs and in, in what he's done. And losing a guy like Dave Tobe to me would be a bigger hit. And I'll never forget Dustin Colquitt said this in one of our fantasy football training camps. He's like, think about a special teams coach. They talk to more people than anybody else. If you're the offensive coordinator, you're dealing with the offense, defensive coordinator, defense. But special teams, you're dealing with everybody. And not only that, you're taking, you know, some of the back end of the the roster guys that get cut on you and you have to train somebody else to do it. But Dave Tobe is so instrumental in the success of the Kansas City Chiefs in field position. To me, that would be a much bigger loss than Eric Bieniemy. And this year, it won't happen. But moving forward, say Bieniemy does get one of these four jobs, which I think mm-hmm. is possible. Me I like too. his personality. I think he can lead a football team. Mike Kafka is the name to watch because he's been with Mahomes ever since he's been drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. So say he's the one who's an offensive coordinator or he stays in the, in the quarterback coach role, he's critical now. You know, yeah. I, like To me, again... Tobe's a name that you wouldn't want to lose, and Kafka now I think is another name given how successful Mahomes wow. was this year. Look at the Chiefs' offense the last several years. It's been pretty good the entire time. You lost Peterson, you lost Nagy, you may lose Bienemy, and the offense is going to be probably just as good. Maybe it declines a little bit. Because you got the mustache. Hey, the yeah, yeah. He's, Cliff he's Kingsbury's kind of entertaining NFL jobs now yeah. at this point. To me, that is the guy who would have backed up the Binks, Brinks truck to, truck to to be your offensive coordinator. The Chiefs ran a lot of Texas Tech plays. As a matter of fact, Gary Patterson at TCU played a Thursday night game against Texas Tech. And he said he watched Chiefs game field to prepare for Texas Tech. That's how similar they are. I'm shocked the AFC West hasn't made more of a run at Cliff Kingsbury. But he just got hired at USC, but his eyes are still open. That's a guy that I would honestly consider, if he doesn't have what he wants, bringing into Kansas City. I've said this for like two years that's the guy I'd want. He's, he knows what NFL offenses are right now because they copy his mold. He can't co- you know, hire defensive coordinators worth a lick like he did at Texas Tech, but the guy knows offense. I was surprised he took that college job just because I feel like he could have waited and gotten a lot more interest yeah. from both college and the pros. Well, he's starting to get it from the pros. Yeah, I think I think he he, he could have a shot at, uh, at, Arizona. at a job. Yeah, and it would be a very NFL thing how it's like so trend. Like you follow the latest trends in the NFL and everyone's copying college offenses. So yeah, like, totally. It would be such an NFL thing for a guy who gets fired by Texas Tech to get a head coaching job. In Which the NFL. to me, and he's applying for the, with it's a ridiculous. Jets job too. I mean, he's getting interviewed by like, the Jets. To think Cliff Kingsbury or somebody like Lincoln Riley could just go to the NFL and crush it to me is just un. It's unbelievable to me. Maybe he, maybe Mahomes is starting to get that. Uh, like, didn't didn't uh, Manning have a few years, or even Brady, where they were always losing their coordinators or quarterbacks, yeah. coaches, because you were connected to Brady yeah, or Manning. So like, well, maybe it's kind of a Mahomes thing happening here. John Johnny Manziel got David Beatty his job, and he admitted, you know, because he got a lot of attention. He was a wide receivers coach at A and M and recruiting yeah. coordinator. He's at Kansas because of the success of. of uh, Johnny Manziel and uh, Mike Evans. Do you guys think uh, if Eric Bannemi gets a head coaching job that he'll take Bob Sutton with him? <laughs> I hope. I mean, could you think that's a possibility? I think Reed would have that one. Uh, uh, will he take clear. Emmett Thomas and, and Bob Sutton and Al Harris with him? A quick thing on that. There's this big misconception in Kansas City that no matter what happens, Bob Sutton's gone after this year. Yeah, no, I got news for you. Yeah. If you get to an AFC title game or win a Super Bowl... <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no one getting fired, probably. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So everyone just chill on Bob. So he's probably going to be here next year. Like, yeah. I don't know what what the what the thought process is with the fan base that says, "Oh, he's going to be gone. We should be looking at this guy." Like, the Chiefs have a defensive coordinator, and they're on the cusp of a Super Bowl. Teams that are are doing that don't 
fire their staff. Well, they well they ought to at least look at it when they're giving up thirty some on a game. But when the media starts to laugh at you, you know you've lost it because what Mellinger threw back at Bob Sutton last oh, week. Oh, that was when that happens. Oh, you got to say we can't have the media make fun of the defensive coordinator. Rest that in peace, was, like he destroyed he, him. He destroyed. What did Sutton. he do? What did he say? I, I was like, I, I was out of the mix. So Sam was at the press conference with Bob, and there was an exchange where. Uh, Sam said to Bob, almost in a joking fashion, uh, I like the word juice, because Bob had used juice to describe Traverius Ward. Uh-huh. And and Bob Sutton said, oh, that's bad. You know, I shoot, I shouldn't be describing, like, like kind of playing with Mellinger. And Mellinger said, yeah, that's bad for me. And the whole media started laughing. And then, Bob, See, that, that, and, then, then, and then they buried Bob shortly after. <laughs> yeah, and he's done. He's done. <laughs> All right, got to take a break. We come back, final segment with the guys. I want to ask him about Eric Berry. And I want to ask him, you know, what this defense is going to look like with or without him. As we head into the playoffs, stay with us. The Drive, presented by Tecate. Sitting here watching the greatest bowl moment of the year when Bevo the Longhorn went after Ugga the Bulldog last night. Remember Ralphie, the Colorado Buffalo? Yeah, yeah that's, I, what, that's one of my favorite mascots as well. I didn't think they let Ralphie down on the field now. I could be wrong. No, they do. They let him run. Like the Buffalo. Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Price did a whole thing on it. On his, on his, uh, isn't there a tiger too? Or Mike Leach, excuse me. Uh, yeah, didn't LSU have a tiger? Is it Mike the? Ti- isn't it Mike the tiger? I don't know, man. It's a good question. I'm not a huge fan that. of mascots, but I like live ones. They they were very close to a bad situation last night with that with, Be- with Bevo. Yeah, can you imagine if Bevo would have killed the dog? I would have been horrible. It's, it's yeah. not like that. It, it's not like Bevo was in like a pen. It was like those partitions that they used just to keep the crowd back. There was a picture of one of the photographers. I think it was for AP or whatever, the, the bad AP, the, the lame yeah, AP. The other AP. Yeah. Um, and Associated Pride. Had a cut yeah. on his back, or like not a cut, but like a bruise from like yeah. getting in the way. It, you got, a, you got a, a giant animal with giant spikes coming out of his head. Yeah. Think about the Florida Gators if they had a real gator. Yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. College football games would be a lot more exciting if, if they if involved the animals. Let I'm the mascots. You, if the I'm game's lame, let the mascots yeah. fight. Yeah. 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 Put, put the put the gator in with the, with the Longhorn. Uh, Pete Sweeney, Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride. <laughs> Who'd win that? I think the, I'd take the gator in there. In studio. Guys, I want to run this by real quick. This is from uh, NFL Media on Twitter. They had the top five most viewed NFL games of the regular season. Uh, number one was uh, Redskins and Cowboys. Number two was Bears and Lions. Number three was Eagles and Cowboys. Number four New England and Pittsburgh, and number five was Pittsburgh and New Orleans. Where's our Kansas City Chiefs? I thought the Chiefs were supposed to be this big Chicago na- and Detroit national the biggest brand. Biggest head scratch. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving days. Yeah, I thought I thought the Chiefs and Mahomes were going to be become this big national brand. Does this say anything to you? No, it's. I think it's always going to be like that because it's going to be the Patriot. It's going to be the NFC and AFC East teams, and that's. I feel like the way it is every year. That's why the Cowboys, even when they're seven and nine, are on national TV. Uh, you know, have five primetime games in a season. I will. I do think. Um, you know, you saw it this year, but especially going forward, that the Chiefs are going to have the full allotment every year. Because as Pete was saying, yeah. I think we were on here last week. They're like they're clearly setting Mahomes up to be kind of like the face of the league, like the next face of the league. Yeah, even when they lose, the games are fantastic. Yeah, they're the best game. The, I I would argue on like from a football perspective, three best games of the season: Chiefs, Patriots, Chiefs, Rams, and even Chiefs Chargers. They're all great. If you looked at the Pro Bowl announcement when the the, the NFL announced the Pro Bowl, the first sentence was Patrick Mahomes. Is playing for the AFC, or and the the commercials were so there. I mean, obviously, if the Chiefs were to go on a run here and be in the Super Bowl, he wouldn't be there. But as soon as they're out, 
I think they're gunning for Patrick Mahomes to be the face of the Pro Bowl and get people to watch. Yeah. If they don't make the Super Bowl, he's going to dominate Radio Row. He's going to be oh, yeah. advertising anything from Rockley to Volvos. It's going to be like he's going to be doing that no matter what. Maybe not on Radio Row, but this offseason, I feel like we're going to get a little bit of Peyton Manning. Well, his him. agent Lee Steinberg tells me that Patty Flakes is something that's going to happen. And I'm buying Patty Flakes. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I'll 100%. buy. A, I'll buy a box to eat and a box to keep. <laughs> no, I'm serious. How like, many? Bo- just one box to eat. No, yeah, one box. Well, I mean, if they're good, I'll go get more. But you know, I'll at least give them a shot. You know, least, uh, but I got to have one. You know, as a momentum. You know? Every like, morning, I got my, I gotta eat I got my, patty my I got my Billy Butler uh, barbecue sauce. Christian Cologne had his barbecue sauce. I got a couple of bottles you, of that. You got a fan cave? The Brad Fanning? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I do. I got a bunch of really good stuff. Tonight. I actually stole some sand from the Ryder Cup when I was there. I've got that. Um, I happened to be in the dugout, uh, in the Astros dugout after game four <laughs> when the Royals came back and got them, and they were so pissed that they just left and went into the clubhouse, and they had a bunch of really good stuff laying around that that dugout that I got my hands on. So, yeah, I come up with some things. I got some stuff down wow. in my man cave. Did not man. realize Thank you were it. such a crook. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just laying there. You know, it's just laying. I, I, the bad part was I missed out on some smelling salts that were laying around there. I really wanted to get my hands on that, and some photographer got them before I could get I've got them. coasters that are the, is the old chief's turf. It's been oh, in yeah. the oh, no kidding. Yeah, oh, I, I, I actually purchased them. I didn't steal them. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> big difference. Big between difference between you two. No, it's not like I'm going in there and shoplifting. I, I mean, purchased stuff the coasters. Yeah. No, that's um, good. They're nice you, coasters. Pete. You would really be are. you would be a very good looter. I would imagine in the well, in the looting, case of a national emergency. Different. He's Looting's so small different. you can't see him. Oh my god! <laughs> What's this Eric Berry thing, man? Is he going to play? <laughs> what the hell's going I on? I thought here? we I thought we got over this my a couple of weeks guy. ago. No, I mean Pete, you and I were on this a long time ago. We, you and I were, and I and I've always prefaced it by saying this: it pains me to be critical of Eric Berry. It really does because I have a lot of respect for him and and especially the way he played and the things he's been through and, and the type of leader he is. Um, didn't play last week. Do we expect to see him? And if so, what do you think the impact's going to be? Uh, I'm shrugging my shoulders right now yeah. for those who don't see me. Yeah. Uh, it's who, not good radio. Who, it really is. <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah. You know, I thought we were over this like uh, two weeks ago whenever he came back. And it felt like in terms of frustration from fans, it felt like when he didn't play last week, there was it was kind of a turning point. Like there was yeah. a lot of fans really frustrated. Like, okay, like what's... What's the deal on on a long frustrating season already? Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea. I guess like if if I'm guessing, I guess he'll come back because uh, there didn't seem to be any indication this was you know he's done for the year or anything like that. They still uh, you know haven't made a roster move or anything along those lines. So I'll expect him back, but. I mean, I have no idea. Does anybody have any idea? No, that's why I'm asking you guys. No, like it's it's a coin flip because you look at last week and unfortunately, what last week became for the Chiefs was a must-win game. I mean, you yeah. need the number one seed at that point. So everyone, it basically is the equivalent, I think, of a playoff game. I understand it's only the Oakland Raiders. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. I mean, that's a cliche that you hear in the NFL, but it's true. So with him not playing in that game, I think it's uncertain whether he'll play. I mean, because you would have thought before. Well, there may not be a tomorrow type deal. He'll definitely play. I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. If his setback was so bad, where the pain or whatever it is is intolerable, I think you may not see him. <laughs> oh, now who's laughing now? There, you're right there, pumpkin. Excuse me. <laughs> they they would have they would have won the Chargers game. Don't try to play be, off that cough, man. They would have making fun of me. They would have won the Chargers game if Barry wasn't on a snap count because he would have been out there directing traffic and Mike would have been One wide point. open. That that. Eric Berry plays yeah. into that Chargers game when he was pulled in the Seahawks game and they scored that final touchdown when he wasn't out there. I mean, it he does make a difference. Barry is good. I mean, they lost to the Chargers by a point. Barry is good for at least two points, I, you guess. I would tell you this much. I w- I w- I'm just going to throw this out there, and maybe it sounds a little crazy. 
pretty sure the dude that caught the two-point conversion would have had a guy on him if Eric Berry was out there. Maybe, Fair enough, maybe even Eric Berry. Say, I mean, safe to say. They, I don't know if they're even in that spot. You know, I know because they were they were they were up by what fourteen with five minutes. Yeah, which are various tell uh, Brooke Pryor. I like when Barry's out there because <laughs> he shows him what to do. And that, that quote, it, it's a little bit tough to gauge what signals he, he yeah. he's talking about. Because yeah, Bob be, was mixed up as hell when he tried to answer be, that. It could be offensive signals. It could be you know if it if it is you know own your own defensive personnel signals. Then I, I think that's one thing. But yeah, not just not a good look in general for sure. It was a terrible quote. <laughs> And Bob Sutton was trying to explain it. And I'm like, and then, then there's BJ sliding right in. How about Chris Jones? <laughs> uh, a couple more, guys. A couple more, guys. Let's wrap this thing up. Get out, get out, get out, get out. Get out. You guys are getting too much information out there. Ted Cruz pushing you out the two front more, door. A couple more. Come on. A couple more, guys. Uh, BJ, and then we'll wrap it up. I, I will tell you this, and, and we got about a minute to go with you guys, but um, I'm, at first the Charvarius Ward, Tremont Smith thing, I'm like, mm, what are we doing? Andy wanted to see his young guys out there. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting on board with it. Yeah, I came I'm back around, too. Me, too. I'm like, okay, I get it. Skandrick's been getting toasted. You know, they've been having issues. They've been thrown on. And even in that Seattle game, those guys had some pretty good coverage on some big plays, but they were there. I came back around because I, I think I, what I realized as as they kind of explained it and, and it made more sense is mm-hmm. you, you look at Ron Parker, you look at Orlando Skandrick. Skandrick was out there. Ron mm-hmm. Parker was out there. I don't know if they'd be on another roster in the league yeah. if they were free. That was the reason why he was released and then released again. And Ron Parker was here. He's here because he knew the system. Yeah. yeah, These are the last games of Parker's career, maybe for Skandrick. So yeah. I get it. I get it. Take the guy with upside. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs led the NFL in sacks, tied with Pittsburgh. Your secondary should be good when you have a pass rush like right. they do. You should, they should be good because the quarterback doesn't have the time. I mean, these things go hand in hand. The secondaries improve I mean, by a good pass rush. If you're the Jeez. linebackers and Chris Jones, I mean, we just grab like the D backs and the safeties and just give them swirlies and snuggies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. That's like, what come I'm going to do to you on a commercial break. Do your job. Go have a peanut. Go have I'm going to give him a swirly at the commercial break. No, you're not, Binkley. You I can outrun you. Want to help me, Pete? I can outrun you. Guys, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it's it. Fun. Talk to you soon. That's Joel Thorman. That's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. We do it each and every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. When we come back. Tell you why I'm not feeling so hot about this division playoff game in Kansas City. Stay with us. The Drive, presented by Tecate. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.